Good Company is a production of iHeartRadio. I called my agent and I said, I'm not doing this. And she said, every actress in Hollywood wants this part. And I thought, if this is what is coming out of the pipeline in Hollywood, I got to do something about it. Hi, I'm Michael Casson. Welcome to Good Company, where I'll explore how marketing, media, entertainment, and tech are intersecting, transforming our lives and the way we do business at a breakneck speed. I'll be joined by some of the greatest business minds and strongest leaders who will share how they've built companies from the ground up or transformed them from the inside out. My bet is you'll pick up a lesson or two along the way. It's all good. Everyone knows Reese Witherspoon. Through her roles as Elle Woods, June Carter Cash, Bradley Jackson, Reese has inspired the world by creating characters that are defined by their intellect and maybe more importantly, their independence. Reese has taken those qualities into the real world, working behind the scenes to provide opportunities for women creators and creators in general through shows like Big Little Lies, The Morning Show, Little Fires Everywhere, with her company, Hello Sunshine, which she founded in 2016. Recently, and appropriately, Hello Sunshine was named one of Time Magazine's most influential companies. The mission is simple, create and promote stories about women, for women, and most importantly, by women. Welcome, Reese, and thank you for joining me today. It is truly an honor. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to have this conversation with you. Well, I know our listeners and viewers are in for a real treat, but you know, I kind of want to start with what for most people would be a high point, and I'm sure your case it is as well, but there's been so many. But let's start with winning an Oscar for playing June Carter Cash in Walk the Line in 2006. When you realized and looked around the corner that studios seemed to stop making films with strong female leads, you actually decided to take matters into your own hands. It would be inspirational to hear what your inspiration was and how did you create and kind of self-fund that first production company? I think it was Pacific Standard and then, you know, rolled into Hello Sunshine. Yeah. Um, so around 2011, I started noticing the scripts were just deteriorating greatly. I was reading, um, you know, it used to be I would read 12 scripts a year that to consider starring in, and it started to be six, and then it was four, and then it was two. And I just remember in particular, there was this one script that I read um, that was just so dismal. I mean, it just had a terrible female lead who was com completely in service of the male lead. It had a bunch of boob jokes. <laughs> and I was like, this is misogynistic and not funny. And I called my agent and I said, I'm not doing this. And she said, every actress in Hollywood wants this part. And I thought, if this is what is coming out of the pipeline in Hollywood, I got to do something about it. And so that's when, after thinking, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I ended up optioning books and starting my own um, production company, which was called Pacific Standard. And the first couple of books that we um, optioned were Wild and Gone Girl. And both of them hit new, number one on the New York Times bestseller list, and we were in development. So I was like, oh, gosh, the pressure is on. I got to nail this. And we did. We got three Oscar nominations, a ton of box office. And then, you know, it went and started growing from there. Um, and that was my first iteration. But then since then, I decided to go into multimedia. Um, around 2017, I was seeing women were flocking to social media. 
It was a way that women were proselytizing about things they loved. And I started to think, I really want to create a company that meets women where they are, whether that's on their phones, on their podcasts, on their television sets. Um, But instead of waiting for audiences to come to us in the movie theaters, starting to go to them with the stories they wanted to see. And that's where Hello Sunshine was born. Well, it's interesting because you said uh, get them where they are. And I think you mean that probably spiritually as well as technologically and and finding that perfect timing. You know, in media these days, Reese, I'm sure you're aware of this. We talk about finding the right person on the right device at the right time and the right context in the right everything. And, you know, life isn't always like that. You've got to be able to make room for serendipity as well. But if you're looking for that zeitgeist, for that the headspace or the heart where they are, using the right device in the right context in the right time seems to be a good way to do it. But look, it's not easy to do that, to go from one side of the camera to the other. You obviously achieved extraordinary success in front of the camera. And then the two movies you just talked about and the accolades and the box office were extraordinary. And so I guess that fueled fueled the fire. Yeah, for sure. And you know, from there, we just started thinking about, and I, you know, I'd spent 30 years in the movie business learning what audiences wanted to see, what they didn't want to see, how they wanted to get information. Did they, you know, and I also grew up in the middle of Nashville, Tennessee. So I have a very, um, my sensibility is very, I'm not above here. I'm not below people's perspectives. I try to be, meet people where they're at. You know, people want to be entertained, but they also want um, emotional material that resonates with them. So the next projects we took on were Big Little Lies, um, which was, you know, a wonderful comedy with this incredible ensemble of women. But at the heart of it, it had a message about domestic violence that was told from a perspective. Um, a woman writer, Leon Moriarty, wrote the book, and it really showed that even <clears throat> things, dark things are happening in people's lives, even when they're your best friends, you might not know what's going on in their lives. We then, you know, went on to Little Fires Everywhere and Morning Show, and we've been able to tackle um, workplace harassment issues or, um, you know, race in America during the 1990s inside of these television shows and have meaningful impact with audiences and really start conversations Um, while entertaining them as well and creating long-form premium content um, that is really addressing the issues that are on people's minds right now. I have to be specific, Reese, because I know your audience is broad-based. You're not looking just to reach women, because I can tell you I've watched many of those shows from back to front, and I've taken away messages. And I will tell you, in the morning show, particular scenes, which I won't get into here, but particular scenes made me understand the Me Too movement a little differently than I did going in, which I think is critical because we learn. And if, you know, it's the expression that the marketplace is using today with things like the see her movement. If you can't see her, you can't be her. We love Mark and everybody at PNG is doing an incredible job to really um, promote gender equity within the the household. Um, I think Mark Pritchett's done a wonderful job there. And we are in partnership with them on the brand side. But I really appreciate what you're saying about these aren't just stories for women. You know, when you change the storytellers, so it's not just making shows uh, with women in them. It's actually we're architecting from the very beginning stories written by women, 
produced by women, um, starring women, directed by women, but there are so many men involved in this process. And it's not just about reaching audiences with female stories that are, you know, <clears throat> creating one, one narrative. What we're trying to do is invite people into women's lives that we've had very limited perspectives on what it, the experience is to be a woman because stories were being written by men about women's experiences. When women authentically author those stories, and we're talking about all women, women of color, LGBTQ experiences, differently abled women, you're starting to see a broader perspective of what it looks like to walk through the world. And that's what audiences want to see. Um, they're they're craving the, that authentic connection and that real storytelling. So it came, our company started before the Me Too movement, before Time's Up, but it's just, we've got these really great secular tailwinds pushing our, our mission forward. And there's some urgency around it. I mean, I personally think about the thousands of years of lost stories. And if we all look like we're hurrying and rushing, myself, Ava DuVernay, Oprah, Lena Waithe, Mindy Kaling, it's because it's this excitement around the world is ready to see. And streaming has really opened up um, great avenues for us to tell those stories. Um, in even a bigger, broader way. You know, it's interesting because you hit it right on the button. The sensibility is what changes. The sensibility of writing about something or producing something from different perspectives is gonna give you a different result. I mean, you know, the old joke, if you don't know where you're going, you're gonna end up somewhere else. If you know where you're going, you can end up where you want to, to deliver that message again from another perspective which isn't trying to imagine what the perspective is. It's actually something that you can feel differently. I always kid around, not literally, but say, I grew up with two older sisters, so I was always in touch with my feminine side. I didn't, I never went through the I don't like girls part. You know, when I was in fourth grade, I was the first one with a girlfriend and my friends made fun of me and I said, it's okay, you'll catch up. You know, I never went through that, but again, it put me more in touch with that side. Growing up, watching what my sisters went through, whether it was dating or life or whatever, and it's harder to know it if you don't know it. Anyway, well, uh, no, it's I, I, important, for sure. Michael. And you know, it, there's to, to speak to the men in in this audience. It's so important that men adopt these ideas as well, because we are trying to get to a gender equitable world, right? And that only works if we all adopt these concepts. And it doesn't mean that there's less for anyone. It just means that we're getting a better, more realistic spectrum of art, entertainment, uh, movies, podcasts. We're learning more about ourselves as human beings through this process. So certainly when we talk about Hell Sunshine, we're not trying to create monocultures where women take over, where men had patriarchy, we want matriarchy. We're really looking to um, create meaningful content that just has different perspectives in it. Let me switch gears for a second. Reese, we've had a raucous 18 months, God knows, first with a pandemic and then with a, a necessary racial reckoning. Has that changed the focus of Hello Sunshine? You know, we've got consumers whose behaviors are changing rapidly and the flow of information is instant. You know the old expression, you used to be that you say you couldn't build a brand in 30 days. And then we got to a point where we said, not only can you build a brand in 30 days, but in this environment, you could destroy a brand in three seconds. Oh, yeah. And 
Hello Sunshine is a brand. Reese Witherspoon, you're a person, but you're a brand. But you have to have that lens and that aperture open because of what we've gone through in the last 18 months. Has that changed the focus for Hello Sunshine? Um, that's a great question. Honestly, because we started, we, you know, when we began this company, we were seeing, we were here to raise up marginalized voices. So I started this company with an idea that I just wasn't doing this about women alone. It was about every woman's voice and that all women have been pushed to the sides in Hollywood have not been the architects, have not been the directors, have not been the screenwriters. And so when we intentionally architected our company from the very beginning, it was very inclusive in our messaging. We haven't had to pivot. We, if anything, those movements really just gave us fuel in our tank because we already had things in development that were about racial reckoning, about sexual harassment, or um, things that were deserving but I was sitting there having these conversations in rooms seven years ago, and nobody was wanting to make these projects. Now, I already had them. I had them ready. I had the director. I had the writer. I had the book. And so it was just go time. Um, so if anything, you know, we've been really powered by um, the movements across social channels to keep going. And pe this, res this message of inclusive storytelling has really resonated with I can't tell you, I used to get stopped all the time about movies I was in. Now I get stopped about my brand. People say, I love what you're doing for women across books, TV, film, social media. Um, and that is really powerful and, and so humbling to me because it means we were onto something, you know, but as you know, any great idea only works if the marketplace is ready. So Absolutely. it was a nice convergence well, for us. Well, but you anticipated where the world was going. Somehow you were able to, with your, I'll use the word again, sensibility, realize and look over the horizon and say, we should be doing this. And look, we're in a mode right now where, again, back to this racial reckoning, it's not just a racial reckoning, but that seems to be in the, in the forefront now. There was a gender inequality. Now we have the racial inequality. And we do have to overcorrect. I keep saying to people, yes, there is a need to overcorrect. That means that there's going to be, you know, people are going to move to the head of the class that might not have been. And, and it's all about the filters. You know, I've been saying this as we look at recruiting, and it's no different than you casting. That's recruiting of a different sort. You know, one of the things that the private equity world proved was if you got to private equity, you got there through banking. And if you got to banking, you probably got there through an Ivy League school. And if you got to that Ivy League school, you probably got there through a prep school. So if you go all the way back to the beginning and the filter keeps narrowing to where nobody gets through, you got to go all the way back to the beginning to change that or you're never going to change it. Right. And, and it's true in the arts as well. Right. I mean, if people are not able to get that start, that somebody to give them that extra hand, that overcorrection, they may never get there. I think that's very well said. And we have to look at these closed door systems that have kept people out for years and years. And I think the world is responding. I mean, look at Bitcoin and everything that's going on with NFTs. I mean, global currency is changing so rapidly. I just did a seminar in Bitcoin because I needed to catch up and learn. But it's these equalizing moments, right? Social media equalized 
everyone's voice mattered. Everybody's voice is saying something and consumers are starting to get wise about brands and companies. They're not just getting wise, they are wise. Hold on. That's my mother calling. <laughs> Sorry. That's good. We should not edit your mother out. I don't want to be part of that. I want your mother to be part of this, Reese. That's <laughs> my mom. I called her into our space. But let me go back to what I was saying, because I do think this is really um, important to, to the audience today. Um, talking about the intelligence of consumers and how they are using their voice to say what they want. I was just recently looking at a study that 63% of people are more likely to buy products or watch television shows, just consume um, more conscious material. So people are not just looking at what the product is, they're looking on how it's made, right? That's so important to consumers. And they know the ethics behind our businesses. They know when businesses are mission-driven. They know when you're investing dollars back into their communities and their ideas. So I'm really interested in these equalizing economies, right? Whether that's... Um, social media that's that's raising everyone's voices and making everyone feel seen and heard um, in a way that they never were 10 years ago. Um, whether that's, you know, NFTs that are making it possible for artists to sell directly to the buyers. Um, it's a really interesting world that is evolving so quickly. And it's so important um, as an owner of a brand to stay on top of all those trends and really watch what the consumers are doing. Reese, it's so interesting because you started in this business when there was that proverbial green light, you know, for a project, a TV show or a movie. That green light, the person with their hand on the switch was, generally speaking, a man and, generally speaking, part of a club. And breaking in and getting that green light, you know this better than I because the thing a performer on either side of the camera has to do is learn how to deal with failure, you know, because... <laughs> It's the other side of success. You're not going to always win. So it's curious because my view of, and I think most people's view of the information superhighway was democratization of somebody's ability to publish what they think, whether it's social media or a, a TikTok video, you can have that freedom and you can, it's really around democratization. But now what we need to do is lift up those who, even through the democratization, can't get their voices heard or aren't getting their voices heard or are not getting that green light. You've got a green light now as well because you've got the resources to help produce that content, to help make that content become a reality. Yeah, and it's really important for us that we have conscious partnerships so whether we're talking about pairing with another woman's production company to bring a television show to market or pairing with brands like Buick, P&G, Nike, it's very intentional, our authorship. And we are always looking for people where the Venn diagram crosses in the right places. So people know what our mission is. We're very much um, quality over quantity. Um, we're not doing big volume in the brand space, but we're always trying to find, like our partnership with Buick was really interesting. Um, we built Reese's book club inside of Buick, right? So you can use it on their operating system and listen to any of the audiobooks that we've chosen over the past three years. And it was very consciously engineered by uh, female tech. Um, and, and they had all these, uh, these tech executives and, um, 
practitioners in there building the app with us. Um, and that was really important to us. It was a big piece of why we partnered with Buick. Um, so I, I, I have to say we have these relationships with brands that are very deep and very meaningful, and we don't have a lot of them. That's the other thing I think is um, really important to point out is as people are working with celebrities and different brands, um, it's important that you align with what their ideas are, their mission is. And it's important to get under the hood of whatever that celebrity is or whatever that company is. What do they really stand for? And are you truly aligned? Because if you're truly aligned, you're going to have a much more successful partnership. So, Reese, I couldn't agree with you more, especially in an environment where the consumer's bullshit detector is much more sensitized. And if it's not real, if it's not authentic, people know. They just know. Yeah. It's, it seems like whether it's because of uh, technology, maybe there's a chip we've all had inserted that allows us to look through that which is not sincere. It just doesn't play anymore. And those brand affiliations, you know, I'm sure you, I'm betting you when you call your mother back, she will tell you the same thing that my mother told me, which is one's known by the company they keep. That's not only in brand affiliations, that's in life. If you look at it through that lens, right, then it's critical for you where you affiliate the Hello Sunshine or or the Reese Witherspoon brand, because those brands matter now. You've made those brands stand for something, and, and people know that. And by the way, it creates expectations. You know, there was always that expectation. If there was a Disney movie, you knew what to expect. That's right. That's right. And, that's, and, 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 and that's they were true to that. Yeah, I agree. And I think we have worked really hard to have Hello Sunshine mean something beyond me. So it's really starting to stand for curation, quality in a marketplace. I always say, I feel like going, sometimes I go on these streaming platforms and it's like a flea market. I don't know where to look. And curation to me is so, so important. I think um, being a symbol that stands for something, our Reese's Book Club symbol actually means something. It's a standard of quality, of entertainment. And I think people were trying to really build something that's resonant beyond who I am. Um, because I do think people are looking for optimism, hope, entertainment, laughter, humor, um, and build a great, very um, optimistic brand that, that stands for something. It's, it's not easy. Um, we're no, in it it's, every it's, it's, single day. It's really I mean, hard. I mean, I look at every single social media post. I read so many books to get to those 12 every year. Um, it's a lot, but I love it. It's my mission in life. I wake up every day and think, I'm so lucky that I get to read this, these incredible authors or help that director be um, a superstar on set today because I know a great production designer I'm going to introduce her to. Or, you know, um, creating these great team experiences is a really fun part of building my brand that I never expected. I never worked oh. corporate. So... For me, it's it's been a learning curve as well. And I'm very, very grateful to my team, my CEO, my COO, everybody who works at Hello Sunshine helped me become uh, this, you know, the executive that I wanted to be as well. Well, I want to give a shout out to Sarah Harden for sure, because she is a superstar and a great friend. You're fortunate to have her as your as your partner. Believe me, yeah, I know you know that, but uh, I, I can't not say that. Because I can be creative all day long, Michael. 
she builds businesses around that creativity and she puts guardrails in it so that, you know, we're really focused on short-term goals, long-term goals, but it's a very strategic, um, strategically built company because we have huge ambitions, you know, building a media brand for women was like, you know, there's very, very few women who own their own companies as well. And that was a really important piece about um, building something of ownership outside a system that had doors closed for a long time. So, well, I will say there's a reason that we call it show business because there's the show and there's the business. And you've obviously married the two together. Reese, let me ask you a final question. And I, I believe me, I could go on for uh, for hours, and I so appreciate you making the time. So there's Reese Witherspoon, the, the performer, the actor. There's Reese Witherspoon, the producer. There's Reese Witherspoon, the entrepreneur. Which Reese Witherspoon is your favorite these days? The entrepreneur? The producer, the actor, which is it? I, do you, it's, I know it's Sophie's choice. Do you have a favorite? Um, I have to say I love all of it. I feel so blessed in this life to just wake up every day and love my job and love my team. Um, I even love, you know, the complicated parts of it, the ups and the downs of being in a startup. Um, but when the pandemic allowed us, to, it started to abate around October here in America we were able to go back on set of the morning show and I walked on the set and I didn't know how I was going to feel, but I realized, Oh my God, I love acting. I just, I love it. It is such a huge part of my heart and my soul. And to get to do what I'm really good at, I just imagine all these musicians who are going back on the road and it makes, it just fills my heart with joy that they're able to share their gifts. Um, I have to say acting is my first love. But I have to say, this company occupies the other 50% of my brain all the time. And well, I feel really um, I feel really honored that I get to talk about it with you and this whole audience here today because I know, um, I don't know, there's just a lot of meaningful change that's ready, that the world is now ready for, and I'm excited for it. Well, Reese, I'm happy to say that meaningful change is being led by people like you and Hello Sunshine. You're at the forefront and deservedly so. And it's truly an honor and a privilege to share this time with you. And I know our audience will feel the same. You are as advertised, you are a superstar. Thank you so much for your thoughtful questions. It was really nice. Well, and, and you for your time and being Reese Witherspoon. Thank you, Reese. I'm Michael Kasson. Thanks for listening to Good Company. Good Company is a production of iHeartRadio. A special thanks to Lena Peterson, Chief Brand Officer and Managing Director of MediaLink, for her vision on Good Company. And to Jen Seeley, Vice President Marketing Communications of MediaLink, for programming amazing talent and content. Good Company is edited by Jessica Kreinchich. 